Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook Live show and podcast covering all things high school sports on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman. He's Steve Dardarian. Steve, it's Monday. It's rainy. That's pretty much what you expect uh, in April on Cape Cod, I think. Uh, but we had a great first week of the regular season, a great first full week last week. Yeah, hopefully the weather doesn't uh, play tricks on this week and hopefully play a full slate of games. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know more importantly, a lot of people at the Boston Marathon coming up a week Absolutely. from now hopefully are hoping for better weather, not two straight years of rainy, um, cold conditions. Yeah, right. last, last year was really challenging for people who ran it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny... So over the before the during the preseason, I talked to some of the ads about kind of the winter, which was pretty light. And I got a voicemail from Bourne Athletic Director Scott Ashworth, uh, you know, after deadline, so it didn't make it into the story, where he said, "Ads on the Cape know that whenever you have a dry winter, you have to get ready for a wet spring." And that's pretty much what we've had so far. This, you know, we've had a lot of rainouts already announced today. There was at least one day last week that everything was just washed out. Uh, so hopefully this isn't a recurring thing in the spring uh, moving forward. But that if it is, that's also not out of the ordinary for Cape Cod. Right, absolutely. So Steph, definitely, though, you know, in the last full slate of week of games, and I'm messing up my words here already, um, <laughs> we certainly had some great matchups, and especially some walk-offs. And yeah. We had one in baseball this past week. Yeah, so we're going to be trying a, a slightly different format from previous shows where we're going to take each of the, the sports, baseball, softball, boys lacrosse, girls lacrosse, and we're going to get into kind of one game that we really liked last week, one player that we thought had a really great week, and then we're going to look ahead to a few of the big games coming up. Uh, so we're going to start with baseball. Steve mentioned a walk-off. So uh, my choice for baseball was uh, Upper Cape's uh, season opener against Bourne. The Rams won that game 7-6. There were a bunch of really good baseball games last week. DY's 2-1 win over Falmouth was a great game. Nosset's 2-1 win over Marshfield was also a good con- uh, contender. But with Upper Cape, you know, you had Jeremy Wurzberger driving in Riley Thurnell with the game-winning run in the bottom of the seventh. I don't know how I don't pick a walk-off season opening win for the Rams. It's against their crosstown rivals in Bourne. Conceivably, these two teams could meet in the Division Four South playoffs. So, uh, you know, I really like this game. I thought I had a little bit of everything. There was two inside uh, the park home runs. One was by Ben Smith from Bourne. The other was by Joey McArdle from Upper Cape. There were multiple comebacks in this game. You had Upper Cape falling behind 3-0. Then they go up 6-3. Then Bourne comes back to tie it. Uh, and then there was even a good, you know, pitching performance there was Jared Westgate he had three hits in the game at the plate and then he got the final six outs of on the mound he gave up one unearned run but I thought this game just kind of had a little bit of everything no absolutely when you look at these two teams especially how their seasons ended last year born obviously frustrated with how it ended with SDP with that very controversial loss upper cape really got kind of shut down by Mashby but it was pretty close Mm -hmm. competitive game so both these teams came back with a lot of returners and I think are trying to kind of settle the score a bit and yeah there's a potential these two teams could meet again absolutely in the postseason depending how the brackets shake out so um even though Bourne got the loss here they they followed up later this week and got the first win under a new coach so 
certainly it's going to be, uh, I think both these teams should find a decent amount of success and get themselves, put themselves in position to, to make a playoff run. Absolutely. You know, this wasn't a league game, so there's going to be other games that are going to matter a lot more in the final stand, uh, standings. Uh, Bourne has got Dighton, Rehoboth, Seekonk, and Fairhaven, which are all South Coast Conference games uh, teams scheduled for this week. Upper Cape is going to play Norfolk Aggie, Bristol Aggie, and Southeastern, who are all Mayflower Athletic Conference teams, even though I don't think Southeastern plays in the same division of the MAC as Upper Cape. So those games are going to wind up being way more important, uh, considering, especially considering Upper Cape already kind of has a lost old colony on the books. But for a pure emotional payoff, I think this was a, the best game for them. Yeah, and, and getting across from between the two schools taking a lot longer now with all that construction. Yeah, right. At least Upper Cape Kid, get some sort of like, I don't know, uh, monorail, some kind of good gondola transportation zip, zip across. Zip line. Get, 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 right, get right over the, uh, the traffic. Very, very so. long zip line, like <laughs> in the dark night. There you go. Uh, uh, so my player of the week was Mike Petit from Sandwich. Monomoy and Sandwich, they both have started out the seasons really, really well. They're both 3-0, and so I was pretty much guaranteed to be t- picking somebody from one of those teams. But, you know, the team's... Monomoy beat are not as good as the team sandwich beat this week. Uh, you know, they beat Barnstable, they beat Marshfield, they beat Falmouth. You know, that's two Atlantic Coast League games and a big comeback against Barnstable, which, you know, is starting to play very well themselves. So that win looks uh, even better now. You know, Petit, he uh, hit seven for 12 in those three games. He walked and scored twice against Barnstable. He dro- drove in four and scored one against Falmouth. He had the go-ahead RBI double against Marshfield, uh, which was uh, might prove to be a critical game in the final standings for the ACL. You know, Sandwich was going to play Barnstable again today, but that game has been postponed because of the weather. The Raiders are looking much better now, having won two of their la- you know two in a row after that loss. And then they've got DY Tennessee Yarmouth. They're two and zero on Wednesday in another really big ACL game. So. More challenges ahead for the Blue Knights, uh, although after that game, they don't have anything scheduled for a week. Uh, obviously, we need to see when uh, Sandwich and Barnstable has been postponed until tomorrow. So, yeah, so after Wednesday, they'll have a week off to get rested. But these are two big games coming up, and Petit is kind of leading the way right now. No, absolutely. And I think the big thing that's impressed me with Sandwich actually is defense. They seem pretty fundamentally sound yes. so far. Might have been a little shaky in that opener, but, you know, just seeing the limited time I did against Marshfield, they played well in the infield. They were able to turn two in the seventh mm-hmm. inning. Uh, and and just be able to to finish off. So to have that defense behind you, especially in you know tight games and stuff like yeah. that, not giving teams free bases, mm-hmm. that's going to be huge down the stretch. And I think this is one of the more, at least from what I've seen so far, fundamentally sound defensive teams from Sandwich. I agree. Some of that I think is because there are a lot, a lot of seniors on this year's team. A lot of guys who have been doing this for a couple of years and who are all very close to each other. You know, we talked about how does how do they replace uh, Nick Hayer, who was their ace last year. I forgot about Dylan Ryan when we mm-hmm. were talking about that, who was their second guy, who was really really good in his limit. He you know he played less games than uh, Hayer did, but Ryan was really good. He had a really good season. He finished really well and had some really big pitching performances down the stretch. So he's definitely can be the, that anchor. And then they've got other guys they can go to like Tropia, like Tyler Wodica, to kind of get them the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's our best game and best play from this past week. Now, what do we got this week? What are you looking at for games? So we've got a huge matchup uh, in the Cape and Islands League on Thursday. We've got St. John Paul II at Monomoy. The Sharks are 3-0, and but the Lions, who are 2-0 and and have just ruled the Cape and Islands since they became a varsity baseball program. If anybody's going to challenge them, though, I think the Sharks have a chance. Logan Ruthier and John uh, Michael Canto, they drove in three runs each with uh, their 15-2 win over Rising Tide on Thursday. 
That was the Sharks' third game of this year where they beat teams by double digits. They've outscored their first three opponents 40-2. to But on the other side of it, St. John Paul, they have a 33-3 to edge in scoring through their first two games. Um, Will Good, Darren Katzif, Aaron Cole, they were all key contributors last year and all, are all back. I think this should be a very good matchup between, I'm pretty sure, the top two teams in the Cape and Islands. I don't think anybody's going to challenge them. Right, and I'm pretty sure it was the last year the year before these teams play like a one nothing or 2-1. Yeah. It's usually a very low-scoring mm-hmm. game, but that had a lot to do with SGP having a pitcher like Devin Harrison. So it'd be very interesting to see if this game breaks open a little bit more. we got a few more runs, and mm-hmm. we'll see who can can uh, come out victorious toward the end. Definitely. You know, we've seen, I talked about D.Y. at Sandwich. That game is Wednesday at 4 p.m. at Fenton Field. You know, Petit is really good. I've talked about Tyler Whitaka. Luca Ribari has started the season really well. Another kid with a lot of varsity experience. Same for Kevin Carrera. They are stacked with seniors. But D.Y. has got some good veteran talent, too. Cam Taubert just threw a complete game against Plymouth South. Andrew Campbell, Jeffrey Jamiel, Cam Duffy, they've all played really well as well. Big ACL game. I still don't know who I think is going to win that uh, that league. I think Sandwich is certainly looking like a favorite early on. But if DY wins this one, they will immediately jump up to the to the into that spot. Right. Interesting to see Jamiel as well for DY. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about him a lot during football being a standout wide receiver, but I believe he played lacrosse last year. So he's yeah. new to this baseball squad, and I think it's a good athlete. He should be a, a valuable member to that lineup. Absolutely. And his older brothers, Andrew and JoJo, both were also uh, four-year lacrosse guys themselves. So, yeah, this is a little bit of a break uh, with the family, which is rare in that family, but nice. And I'm glad to see uh, the changes working out well for him. Uh, the last game I wanted to mention is uh, Barnstable at bridgewater Raynham. That's 4 p.m. Thursday. Casey Proto is coming off maybe the best game of his career, you know, of his varsity career. He had six strikeouts. Complete game shutout at Silver Lake on Saturday. Silver Lake has been a very strong team in previous years. I don't know if they're going to throw him uh, tomorrow against Sandwich just because that's not maybe not quite enough rest. And if that's the case, that gives him a ton of rest heading into this big old colony, le- old colony league game Excuse me, against the Trojans. You know, I also really liked in that Silver Lake game uh, that Barnstable executed a double steal. You had Luke Lucasio coming home. Michael Martyr took second on the play. David Foraker, the new coach for Barnstable, he has this big philosophy about controlling second base, and that's the key to controlling the outcome. Doing things like executing double steals and playing small ball like that, that's one really good way to control second base, and I'm glad that they're taking his philosophy to heart. Right, and as we talked about last year, base running and situational baseball was so huge, especially with those two or three walk-off wins we had on squeeze plays mm-hmm. for Barnstable last year. And I believe it was one against Bridgewater Arena, or one was a... One was against a team from uh, Western Mass That's whose right. name I'm maybe Pittsfield, Pittsfield or yeah. something like that. But there was another one um, at home, I believe. It might have been know. Falmouth, actually. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, this is a team that's played small ball in the past. Whatever you might see in Major League Baseball, small ball is still a very effective strategy at the high school and sometimes even still the college level where, you know, not everybody can can get to the ball in a split second. So, you know, it's a very good strategy when it's executed well, and I see Barnstable is really trying to for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, on to softball. Um, certainly a phenomenal game last week uh, between DY and Falmouth. Mm-hmm. Two teams we thought could, you know, contend in the ACL, and DY come out with an 8 2 win. Pretty impressive. Um, you know, one of the big things that, that's made DY solid in years past has been pitching. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you got to put up runs on the board as well. But 
Um, certainly, Abby Hicks, you know, been up and down at times, but it's a good game against Falmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, played pretty well. And then, um, you know, certainly D.Y. was looking for a little bit of revenge after losing to Falmouth in the Cape Cod Showdown last year. Absolutely. And, you know, put up, you know, big, big crooked numbers, which is big. You know, even in games that D.Y. lost last year, they were able to put up, put up some pretty sizable runs. They just weren't able to hold the lead. So mm-hmm. I think this year with Hicks, another year older, a little bit more experienced, I think D.Y. plays a little bit better now with the lead. Um, and, and when you look across the board, it, there's certainly plenty of people who can drive in those runs, whether it's Gabby Tannen, Hannah Sweeney, Ava McGaffigan, Hicks are, are yeah. helping her own cause, Julia Kent, Phoebe Holmes, Jesse Frisch, just to name a few. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> they all drove in runs in that in that game against Falmouth, so eight RBIs from seven different players um, on top of good pitching by Hicks. Mm-hmm. That's a recipe for success. Definitely. You know, GY's ability to keep its its lineup moving and moving, that's been the other hallmark of its team on top of good pitching, whether that was Hicks or Sammy Feinstein before her. Uh, and that's what definitely what we're seeing. A lot of those players are returners from last year. Obviously, Hicks, Julia Kent, you know, Jesse Frisch has been on the varsity for a while. The McGaffigan's played as eighth graders. So, you know, they are looking real good right now. Uh, they've got big matchups coming up. I think it's probably going to be a three-team race in the ACL with Falmouth, D.Y., and Marshfield. For Falmouth, Grace Kwan had a real good year last year, and she seems to be continuing to hit well. She had two RBIs. She had both run RBIs against D.Y. with Katie and Abby Pope scoring. Uh, but this was definitely an early salvo in this race. Um, turning over to best player, I actually cheated in to pick two from Nantucket because they are 3-0, and and they've outscored opponents 42-5. to So I had a little tough time picking between a pitcher and a hitter. Uh, Madeline Lamb, the pitcher, she has already had at least two games in which she struck out double-digit hitters. That was a, including 10 against Barnstable in the opener, 11 against Millis on Saturday. Uh, Marina Caspi, meanwhile, she was 4-for-7 with six RBIs in those two games, plus played very well against Sturgis East. You know, Lamb, Caspi, and Anna Stedman were Nantucket's three Cape and Island League All-Stars last year. All three are back this year. I think they are clearly the team that's going to challenge Monmoy for the Cape and Islands League title. I don't know if they'll win or not. Certainly they were very good last year, but then Monmoy handled them pretty clear easily when the two teams met up. But I think those are going to be the top two teams, and that game is scheduled. They're scheduled to play each other in a couple of weeks, so we'll see if Nantucket can keep its momentum going for that long. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how Lamb pitches against Monomoy. You know, in years past, Monomoy's won because it's just put up a ton of runs early mm-hmm. on in the game and really put Nantucket into a hole. So if the pitching can stabilize a little bit, even if Therese is throwing well, it could be a you know a really low-scoring ball game where whoever yeah, it, gets the first run could win the game for, for all we know. So It could easily be a 2-1, 3-2 kind of game. 1-0 is probably unlikely. Um, but yeah, you know, two runs might be enough to do it uh, for either team. You know, me- Talking about the games that are coming up this week, Monomoy is at DY. That was scheduled for, I think, today, but it's been postponed to Saturday now at 11 a.m. You know, the Sharks staked their claim to being the best team on the Cape last year, in part because of a pair of wins against DY. And much of that roster for both teams is back. DY has Hicks, has Maddie Medeiros, and McGaffigan's Frisch, Kent. But Monomoy still has Molly Charest, as we just mentioned, Maddie Crossan, Sam Barr, Julia Slade. You know, Monomoy has blown out his first two opponents, but D.Y. followed its big win over Falmouth by getting shut out by Plymouth South, so Monomoy clearly has a little bit more momentum right now. Uh, Monomoy's schedule, though, it doesn't allow for a lot of non-league opponents. The Cape and Islands League is just really, really big. This is a good chance to test the Sharks against a higher-caliber team than a lot of their Cape and Islands League opponents. 
They're not going to play Nantucket until the 23rd. So these are the kind of early tests they need to see if they're ready uh, to compete against in both the league against Nantucket and then in the D3 playoffs uh, when that, I mean, I'm pretty confident they're going to make it. So. Right, it's been nice to see these two teams play each other in past years, too. We've seen some great classes, a one nothing mm-hmm. game a couple of years ago when it was Feinstein versus Charest, so a little bit different now. I think Monomoy still kind of holds that mantle a little bit, but certainly these two teams, I think, bring the best out of each other, so mm-hmm. it'll be nice to see them face off on Saturday morning, make it a little bit easier on deadline for us. <laughs> so hopefully the weather holds up. A couple other uh, good games coming up. So Carver is at Mashpee. That's 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Mashpee only won six games last year, and they really struggled in South Shore League play, but they're 2-0 to start the season, and they've been pretty good wins. 17-2 against Hull, that's a league opponent, and then 15-8 against Upper Cape. Uh, Sam Rosam is playing really well for Mashpee right now. She went 3-4 with three runs scored against Hull, and then she had a three-run inside the park homer against Upper Cape. Uh, so we'll see if Carver, I'm, I'm sorry, we're, we'll see if Mashpee can keep its momentum going uh, against a team that's kind of, middle of the pack last year in the league. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the last game I wanted to mention, Falmouth is at Marshfield, 4 p.m. Friday. That's another big ACL softball game. The Rams have already beaten Sandwich 17-5 and Nosset 13-0. Last year, they were a perfect 8-0 against the league, and they outscored teams by a total of 66-12. So they just were dominant in league play. Falmouth bounced back from that DY loss with a 7-2 win over Sandwich. Quan had three RBIs. Abby Pope was three for four. But uh, the Clippers will first have to get through Bishop Stang on Monday. Well, that game might be off now. Uh, and then Nossin on Wednesday. And then the Rams await for their biggest game so far this season. Yeah, should be a good week, uh, good week of action. Yeah. Should we move on to lacrosse? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, boys lacrosse, you know, best game last week, I have to say, and this one caught me a bit by surprise, was Sandwich going on the road and knocking off Falmouth yeah. uh, earlier in the year for the second straight year. Uh, sandwich beat Falmouth, get handed uh, Falmouth its only Atlantic Coast League loss of the season mm-hmm. last year in Sandwich. So um, certainly uh, an impressive win. In still, the, I mean, these two teams are very evenly matched. I mean, it, it, there's no saying that there's a clear favorite when these two teams face off again later in the year. You know, Sandwich never led by more than two, and Falmouth cut the deficit to a goal mm-hmm. uh, four different times. They just couldn't really play with the lead at all. Or even, you know, tie it. So, um, huge kudos to Sandwich captain C.J. Wiper. He scored five goals in the win. He's really kind of emerging as that team's leader. Um, Carson Schemenauer, great in goal, 13 saves, made the big ones when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Chapman also chipped in, another captain, chipped in with three goals. Um, Falmouth had three goals from Nick Champagne, but only two from Cal- Colin Almeida, who actually skipped the D.Y. game Tuesday. Um, I think he was battling a little bit of a hamstring sort of issue. Mm-hmm. So he might not be at 100% right now, and maybe Falmouth is trying to keep him back a little bit so he's 100% so he's for the playoffs. later down the stretch. So um, we don't know that for sure. But, I, again, I, I still, with only two goals you know, against a team that I think Falmouth should be able to compete against, mm-hmm. um, something tells me that he's not going you know, full speed just yet. But you know, I still think Falmouth can contend for the league title. Um, it has two tough games against Nassau and Marshfield this week. Those will be kind of a big indicator of where this team is right now. Um, and then for Sandwich, they might have Tim Ladner, their face-off guy, mm-hmm. but apparently have a, a couple younger guys in there who are taking the face-offs quite well. And in that game, with Sandwich up one with about 20 seconds left. Sandwich won the draw and was able to run out the clock. So just a win there alone, you know, won them the game essentially or, mm-hmm. you know, help them finish it out. So, 
Um, certainly we should be seeing a lot and hearing a lot from these two teams, but for Sandwich, certainly a huge bounce-back win after getting blown up by Marshall at home earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. To bounce back and meet Falmouth, a team that a lot of us thought would you know, be able to contend and maybe win the ACL title again, um, that shows that you can't count Sandwich quite out of the conversation yet, but it also says to me that Marshall is pretty darn good this year. Yeah, I, I think we all kind of expected Marshall would, would definitely be in the mix for the ACL title again this year. Best player that week, uh, last week, you had Mike Sakovich from St. John Paul. I know we talked a lot about him during football basketball season, but what did he do in uh, lacrosse? So, yeah, he had a season high, or excuse me, a game high eight goals against Sturgis East and followed up by seven against Cape Tech. Um, he also had three in a narrow 8-7 loss to Nosset. And, mm-hmm. I mean, to put that in perspective, for St. John Paul to be keeping with Nosset, a you know, pretty solid ACL competitor, that's pretty also impressive. Also division, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that shows some promise for this Lions squad that we'll have to faith Mars, Vinny, and Nantucket. Those are obviously going to be tough games. Yeah. But um, they might just give them a run for their money, I think, and can definitely carve out a, a spot in the postseason. Uh, Sakovich, along with a young player like Anthony Kent, who we heard a little bit from in mm-hmm. hockey season, um, might have a lot to do with that. So the Lions actually are supposed to visit Nantucket on Tuesday. Again, we'll see how the weather holds up. So I'm anxious to see what Sakovich can do um, against a team that's dominated league yeah. play in, in recent years. But like in many sports, I think this team's going to go as far as Sakovich can carry them. But he's certainly off to a phenomenal start. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how teams adjust as a kind of you know game plan for him more and more. Probably have to be a little bit more distributing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, you know, in terms of interesting games, we mentioned these kind of teams already. Falmouth at Nosset on two, uh, 4 p.m. Tuesday, and then Falmouth is uh, hosting Falmouth on Thursday. Hosting Marshfield. Falmouth is hosting Marshfield. Too many of these same t- team names. <laughs> Falmouth is hosting Marshfield on Thursday. Both these teams really need to get back on track after a couple of um, difficult losses over mm-hmm. the weekend. You know, Falmouth, obviously, um, again, just lost a sandwich, and then Nosset losing to Barnstable over the weekend. giving up the lead. Right, so um, could be could be a good bounce back opportunity. But I've been really impressed with found with Nick Champagne so far. I think he's kind of yeah. emerging as that kind of go to scorer as well. Mm-hmm. So um, just carrying it over from hockey season, right? So he'll certainly be a big factor if if Falmouth is going to get the win over um, Nosset. And then you go into the Marshall game. You know, we'll see what happens whether it's a win or loss. I mean, again, I think we mentioned Marshall. It's going to be pretty darn good this year. Mm-hmm. So I think Falmouth will be ready for it, and we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, mentioning Sandwich again, they're going to host Barnstable at 4 p.m. Friday, and this could be probably the best matchup of the week. Um, Barnstable with a solid effort against Nosset over the, at least the final 28 minutes of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw guys like Jack Galvin and Will Martone find success around the net. It's really kind of those four main scores mm-hmm. that chip in for Barnstable. But both these teams have pretty young defenses, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know sandwich leaders like C.J. Wiper or Charlie Chapman, as we just mentioned, could take advantage of that. So I think this could has the potential of being a really high-scoring game, and whoever can win the more, whoever can win more draws, I think is going to end up, you know, mm-hmm. in possessing more is going to end up winning this game. And then last one, real quickly, you know, Sturgis West at Cape Cod Academy, 4 p.m. Tuesday. I singled this one out because this is CCA's first year back with varsity lacrosse in a long time. And it was a school's first competitive sport back in the 80s. Um, head coach Rick uh, Koslovec was part of that um, organizing effort. And they're going to host an 0-4 Sturgis West team. And for players like senior Chris Magoon, um, Phil Pina, and junior Chris Kenny, they have a chance to make some program history if they can get a win here and, um, mm-hmm. you know, really, you know, inspire this team to get going. Yeah. And, and um, 
I know, remember when over the years and, and, and build back up. I mean, they have a couple kids who were supposed to graduate in like 2024 yeah. on this squad. There's a really young squad, and, and I think they're building towards something. And if they can acquire enough youth talent over the years, mm-hmm. I think they could be a pretty solid team. And get them to stick with it, because that's the problem when you start sixth graders, seventh graders, which CCA has had to do sometimes, especially in lacrosse, boys or girls. Can you get them past what might be a couple of disappointing, like more lopsided losses early and get them to stick with the sport year after year? CCA had tried lacrosse a couple of years ago, I think just at the JV level, and then they just abandoned it. I mean, so they've had stops and starts getting that sport going again. So we'll see if they can do it uh, this time for sure. Right. And uh, on the girls across. So my yeah. best game last week's a game I actually covered, not to <laughs> toot my own horn, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, sandwich, sandwich beating sound with 10 5. The yep. game we anticipated was going to be very good. You know, the first four goals of the game were the score between sandwiches, Sam Garassi, and Fowlis mm-hmm. Quinn O'Rourke. And we yep. almost thought, geez, is anybody else going to put one in the net today? But you know, but we expected. I mean, we expected yeah, they would probably be the certainly those are the two best players on the field. But mm-hmm. you know, for sandwich, this has got to feel pretty good because in so many sports, at least this past year, they've been pretty good, but mm-hmm. then fallen short of their ultimate goal or just been beaten by a yep. team that was better that day. But after what after what I saw last week, I think this team has a shot to really be great. You know, Sam Garassi, she did score six goals to lead her team in that win, but certainly took some kind of fancy, maybe some um, trying to get too cute with the ball kind of shots and. I think Sandwich could have won this game by 10, I think, had they taken maybe some better makes some better passes, mm-hmm. been better off the, the draw controls early on, and ha- had been better at ground balls. You know, players like Falmouth, Kate Brody, was really dominated on ground balls. Just Falmouth couldn't finish. Yeah. There's only O'Rourke who had four goals who, who could really uh, score for them. And I think that's a problem that Falmouth has got to figure out is just having that confidence mm-hmm. to take those rips when they're open instead of trying to make that extra pass. Because in mean, a game like lacrosse, you shoot and you actually have a high percentage chance of scoring. Oh, it's yeah. not a sport like soccer or, um, you know. And if you uh, miss, like a lot of sports, you, right. can prob- you might get the ball back. I mean, right. that's the biggest difference is if you kick it out of bounds in softball, the other team gets it. If you shoot soccer, it, you mean. it's soccer. What did I say? <laughs> softball. <laughs> I mean, depend- that, that wouldn't be good for your team either if you kick the ball out of bounds. Uh, yeah, there's probably a couple of different things that you could call for there. In soccer, you kick it out of bounds. It's a you know, change of possession in lacrosse. If you shoot it out of bounds and you have the farthest player back of the field, you just get the ball again. So as long as you're playing well behind the net, there's no reason not to shoot if you think you have a chance at it. Right. But with a, for Sandwich, though, with a veteran goaltender, and then you had a senior defender, Leah Mahoney, who was outstanding mm-hmm. playing O'Rourke. And she got a lot of complimentary help, too. Garassi was kind of shadowing behind, not letting her kind of spin out of plays or work backwards. So... Um, certainly that was an impressive effort and players like Hanlon O'Neill, Macy White, Ingrid Knaus and Tatum Lowershell, they played solid well against Falmouth. Mm-hmm. So I think, and let's not forget, Sandwich also beat Marshfield on the road earlier this yeah. week to start the season 6-5. So I don't think Sandwich could have asked for a better start in two very highly competitive games to start the season. So like I said, they have that potential to be great, but they got to carry that out across mm-hmm. the season. Um, and, and those small things like winning those draws and ground balls are going to be real key if they're going to do so. So, mm-hmm. um, my best player, I kind of cheated here too. Uh, it's a split Good, decision. So bad. It's a split decision for me between sandwich teammates Sam Garassi and Ingrid Knaus. You know, they both had a hat trick in that six-five win against Marshfield. Both contributed well to that win against Falmouth, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's not just going to be those two. It's going to be a full team effort if Sandwich is going to try to make a run at a sectional title this year. Looking ahead to this week, we've got Nasset at Falmouth. That's a 5 p.m. game on Tuesday. And then Falmouth is at Marshfield on Thursday. So the run through the ACL, there's no breaks in that for the Clippers. 
Uh, it's kind of interesting to see how they're able to bounce back um, and how they match up well with players like Maddie Daly or Melissa Edney, even goalie Isabel Travers, who've all played really well for the Warriors. Yeah, and you know, Sam, Sam, NASA definitely is a team that we talked a little bit about last week. I mm-hmm. think can compete, especially with those players. They had a nice rallying win against Plymouth North over the weekend, mm-hmm. so they have a little bit of momentum coming into this one. And Falmouth has got to get back on track, you know, after a loss like that. So it'll be really interesting to see how O'Rourke, you know, and the NASA scores, as we just mentioned, um, how that plays out because I think this has the potential of being a pretty high-scoring game. Um, and then Falmouth has to visit Marshfield on Thursday, so. It's a familiar foes in any ways. Mm-hmm. It was the only team to beat them last year. They did it twice. So found certainly could have been circling there that game on the calendar for a while. For and sure. They gotta take care of business Tuesday first though, because they think a win or excuse me, if they lose to Nasit, I think that's gonna put them in a very difficult spot to make a run of the league title. Uh, meanwhile we got a great Cape and Islands League matchup. Martha's Vineyard there at Falmouth Academy this week. Yeah, this is a game we we're anticipating could really determine who wins the Cape and Islands League title this mm-hmm. year, and so much talent to go around, you know. And I'm happy we get this early on in the year too. We don't have to wait right until the end, even though teams might be a little bit sharper. Mm-hmm. We get to see right now, yeah. you know, who's kind of setting the pace in mm-hmm. the league. So, you know, for the Vineyard, clearly Addie Heyman over 100 goals last year. She's been mentioned several times on the show, but. Uh, Skyla Harthcock and uh, Louise McDonald have certainly been outstanding as well. Complimentary scores, as we mentioned, is huge in lacrosse, mm-hmm. especially when other teams are, you know, keen on one player. So, Falmouth also comes. Falmouth Academy also comes back with some pretty good players too. Clearly, Ainsley Ramsey's their top scorer, but you also have um, players like Emma Keeler and Maria Medeiros, young players who will play mm-hmm. a key role. Um, I'm just very anxious to see, you know, how Heyman and Ramsey. Um, Ramsey with 26 goals already this year match up and though Martha's Vineyard might have some more pieces collectively mm-hmm. I still think Falmouth Academy might have a slight advantage just being at home and um, it's possible. certainly with a lot I feel like they still feel like they're proving themselves a little bit mm-hmm. um, so again it's certainly you have two very likely future college players um, Heyman's already up, committed right. somewhere I think uh she might be going up to Middlebury. That's right. She's going to be joining Jane Early up there. So be joining um, her old uh, FA teammate. Um, so yeah, certainly interested. 4 p.m. Thursday is going to be a great matchup up on the hill. Sure. Uh, we'll wrap it up with just a quick note. Congratulations to the Nantucket girls uh, tennis team for winning their first match in program history uh, last week. That was a 5-0 sweep against Sturgis East. The Whalers debuted varsity tennis last year. The girls went 0-10, uh, but clearly kids have come back more passion, more confidence playing varsity tennis. Uh, you know, they have Abby Boylan, uh, Grace Girardi, Haley Johnson, all got singles victories. You've got players like Maddie Bellinger and Emma uh, Laredo. So this is a good Nantucket team that is clearly wanting to take a step forward in the same way that their girls volleyball team did, I think, a couple of years ago and went from a team that really couldn't compete in its first year to making the playoffs, I think, the next year and then even the year after that. So, you know, they just – keep jumping up a little bit. Right, and, and the thing is with the players we just mentioned is that they'll all be back after next year too, mm-hmm. so continuing to build on that program. So, you know, it's just nice to see new teams starting to get their footing, and as we mentioned with Cape Cod Academy's boys lacrosse team. So, you know, it gives you a little something to not root for necessarily, mm-hmm. but just nice to see the origin and to see a program building moving forward just makes for, you know, a more interesting storyline, certainly. For sure. I think that would do it for uh, this week's episode of Cape Sports Now. You can find 
this episode and all previous episodes at our website, capecodtimes.com slash capesportsnow. You can find it through the Facebook uh, Cape Cod Times page. You can download it through your podcast apps for Google and iPhone products and, and apps. Uh, you can also follow our sports department for d- updates on postponements and game results. That's uh, at Sports CCT. And we're also on Twitter individually. I'm at Matt Goisman, CCT, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. And I'm also on Twitter at Steve underscore Derderian. My last name is D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. Thanks a lot. We'll see, see you next week. <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.